Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Cade Hammond, the uh, NCAA D2 one-meter national champion. I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And once again, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout Video Replay, the most important tool in diving. And uh, Sideline Scout has perfected that. I've started to dig into a little bit more of the analytics side of diving uh, with some of my athletes just breaking it down the video, seeing what we can improve on for next season. And uh, Sideline Scout Poolside Live specifically helps me do that. Um, You can uh, rewind, go frame by frame and hone in on those key details that you're missing. And it's really, really helpful as all of you coaches out there know, and all of you athletes know to see what you're doing wrong is very critical to fix what you're doing wrong. So go over to sidelinescout.com. Uh, check out the poolside live and get yourself a package. It, it's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. The video quality is, it's awesome. So without further ado. All right. So Cade, um, take us through how you started diving. We always say your diving journey and how you got to UND and where you are now. All right. Uh, fair enough. So um, growing up, my grandma had a gym, um, like a gymnastics gym. And we used to go there a lot, playing and play around and whatnot. So gymnastics and acrobatics and all of that stuff were always like part of my childhood, but never competitively. I played all the other uh, sports that all young boys go through. But um, eventually uh, we went, we moved to Michigan, found a gym that actually had men's gymnastics and wasn't freakishly expensive. And we're like, all right, cool. We're going to give it a try. And you know, I, I, I was mediocre at the very best. Like it was, it was, I joined it so late. There was nothing, nothing there for me, but it was fun. And it, you know, was the first time I found something I was like actually willing to stick to. And so, um, when I got to middle school, I remember a couple of the other gymnasts were on their like schools dive teams and whatnot, because, you know, it translates kind of well. And I was like, Oh, I, I want to do something for the team. So in eighth grade, I uh, joined and everyone thought I was insane. Even though if I look at those videos now, it's like some of the dumbest stuff ever, like just doing front doubles to my stomach and everyone goes absolutely crazy because they've never seen that before. Um, I think one of my teammates. Hang on. I, I lost Ooh. audio. I lost audio. Found out I really liked that. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. There we um, go. Gotcha. Yeah, my internet connection is unstable. Welcome to Greyhound <laughs> Village UND. No, that's okay. <laughs> You're good. But yeah. Um, and so I just remember uh, one of my dual meets in eighth grade. Uh, this kid showed up uh, from a nearby school and he just wiped the floor with me. And like, he actually had, you know, dives, you know, like a full O three list and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this, this guy's nuts. Um, and he was super nice. And so we, we started talking, he told me about the club and all of that. And then I got into club diving, started actually progressing through that and catching up to all of the people who had been diving for years before me and realized, oh, I've actually got a bit of a chance to do something with this. Whereas gymnastics wouldn't have gotten me anywhere. It was just fun, got me in shape. Um, so yeah, they kind of facilitated our recruitment process by showing us like send the emails out and I sent a ton of them out. But funnily enough, UND, um, Dave is a celebrity in our club. Like we all follow <laughs> his Instagram. 
all of that. And and that's all the way up in Ypsilanti uh, Mm -hmm. in Michigan. And so, um, but I never thought to reach out to UND because I never made that connection. I I always thought of him as a club coach, forgot he was a college coach as well. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember getting back from school one day after I had sent 20 something emails out and she's like, Oh, have you seen this school? They just got third at nationals. Mm -hmm. And I look into it and I'm like, wait, that, that logo looks familiar. And I sure enough, it's because it's on the TiVo and all of, you know, Dave's Instagram videos. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And so I reached out to him and he, he didn't get back to me for a while. Um, (laughs) but that's because he, he wasn't allowed to, it was like the year Mm -hmm. before they like moved it up. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so he texted my coach and I think the words he used were like Cade Hammond, yes, please, verbal commitment <laughs> tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> so I, I got super excited about all of that because I saw he viewed my profile and all of that. And I'm like, oh, this, this is pretty cool. Like if I go D2, I'm not going to, you know, get swept under the rug every mm-hmm. time I make it to anything high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, obviously I, I took all the trips and whatnot, um, but uh, UND, you know, I came here and I just kind of had a gut feeling. And when I was trying to, fit, it came down to the flip of a coin between the last two schools, I narrowed it down to, and literally five times in a row, it landed on the like side that wasn't UND. And I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. I'm going to do it again. So yeah, it, it was just a gut feeling. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I got to go to UND. That's, That's awesome. awesome. So Cade awesome. K- Hammond, national champion. Number one, how does that feel? And did you ever think you'd say that? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I literally, I don't even know how many times I made the joke of like, I'm just doomed to be second because as soon as we lost Amar, we gained Julio. Yeah. He's a menace. Um, he's insane. But, you know, I was okay with it. I'm like, you know what? If I'm, I'd much rather lose to someone when it's like, we're still getting those points for the team because that's, that's a team victory. It makes no difference other than the fact that my trophy is not gold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it, it definitely like, it's even what three, four weeks later, it really hasn't settled in because I don't know. It's never something I expected. And like my dad even made a bet with me at the beginning of the year. He's like, (laughs) if you, if you win a national event, I'm going to take you to a real steakhouse, like nice fancy steakhouse. <laughs> so he texted me right after, uh, right after I'd won. And he was like, all right, bring some nice clothes when you come back into town and we're going to set you up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I, for- I forgot about it. Cause it came from a conversation about how Julio was going to like wipe the floor with me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So I have two follow-up questions. Uh, yeah. One, you indie. For those of you who don't know, went one, two, three on one meter. Can you describe that and what it was like to compete with that level every day in practice? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's really cool. Like having the potential on your team to do something that crazy, like there, that's gotta be some sort of record or whatever. I can't imagine it's not a big deal getting that one, two, three, um, but having like Julio and Jason and we had Ben and obviously Casey works harder than anyone I've ever met. So like there was no one who didn't kind of like push the team further in practice one way or another, like whether it was with attitude, like uh, work ethic or just raw talent. 
Um, and when, when like as a junior and as somewhat of a, I don't know how to say it. Like I'm, I, I get a little cocky at times. And so like, I don't want to get shown up by, you know, this crazy freshman class that we've got or, um, or by Jason who I've been competing with for three years. And so even when it's really tough for me, it makes me like want to step up even when it would be a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So last, last little follow-up I have here. Um, I was on the judging panel. And so one of the things I like to do when the competition's over, I just try to look at the champion and just see a reaction. Um, so take us through what went through your mind after the last dive of one meter was over and you had realized, Oh, wow. That's my name. Number one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew there was a small chance because I wasn't watching Julio's dive since he was right after me, but I, I was looking at the scores because I was like, you know what, at this point, I may as well put as much pressure on myself as I can, because, you know, it's, I, it, there's a big enough gap between second and third. I've locked in second. But if I'm aiming for second, that's just going to leave me at like mediocrity for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, he, he did that uh, front three and a half at the very end. And I was like, oh, that was pretty good. I think he got it. Like I was like, <laughs> ah, well, there was a shot. I, at least I kept him on his toes. And I, I stared at the scoreboard and I remember like seeing his name, like it refreshed. And then he was, he stayed in second and like I, just, I put my hands over my head and like fell to my knees and I was like, huh? And I, I just remember seeing that five point gap. And then for the next like three minutes, it's just like flashes. Like I remember seeing a couple of things, but yeah, no, I do not remember much of that moment to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. I, that, that's kind of what I remember seeing too, is your, your hands were on your head. You kind of had your jaw wide open, like, Whoa, what for real? That's yeah. me. Yo, let's go. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I couldn't even celebrate. I was just like, this, this didn't just happen. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So you kind of was, have already touched on Dave a little bit. Just Dave's a celebrity everywhere, I think, in our sport. Um, yeah. But talk to us a little bit about not just Dave, but also Corey and how they've impacted your college diving career and how they've helped you grow as a student athlete. Yeah, of course. Um, Dave and Corey are by far the best coaches I think I've ever worked, worked with, um, Buck Smith. He, he was also like the head club coach. He was really good in like a different way as well. So, um, let's see, I think Corey and Dave have a really good balance of, you know, Dave knows when to like be a little harder on me as as we kind of saw. Um, I think it was literally (laughs) the the day after one meter. uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was tough um and then Corey knows um like he and I uh like we're both Christians and we both have a big connection to like faith and he he knows how to use that to kind of give diving and give all of these um battles that I was kind of facing he gave them a spiritual meaning and helped me to kind of um push through that even though like you know because at the end of the day it feels like it's just you standing on a piece of fiberglass and either doing some flips into some water or not. But, um, you know, he kind of helped me to realize it is bigger than that. And that, you know, walking away from it all would have, you know, adverse effects later. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty powerful. You mentioned a little bit of your, your battles. 
specifically, I'd love to hear about some of the three meter battles, um, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, for those of you who don't know, Cade does reverse two and a half standing on three meter. So <laughs> animal, I would, animal. I would just, I would like to, and it was really good too. He does a, he does reverse two and a half on one meter and then standing on three meter. It's, it's really impressive, but I just kind of want to know what, uh, what's the mentality there. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm going to put my seatbelt on for this one. Uh, (laughs) So, um, I think a large part of it was due to, um, when COVID hit, um, my expectations and all of that were just shattered for, you know, cause that happened in, in between prelims and finals on one meter, my freshman year. And I was about to likely get second place at that as a freshman, I was super hyped. And then it got swept out of the rug or like, yeah. Yep. And I think that kind of left me very, very bitter my sophomore year. And my sophomore year was a mess. Like, um, cause coming to college, I, I dealed with some mental health, uh, things that I had never had to deal with before, because when you're in the comfort and have your parents and everyone else, you know, it's, it, it feels like a lot of that pressure isn't really being put on you, but uh, when I was here and I didn't have my own room to kind of unwind and I didn't have my parents to, you know, keep me as grounded. Um, I just noticed I was anxious and angry. And like, I think um, I've probably, I think I've cried more in the past six months than my entire life prior, including when I was an infant. Uh-huh. Like it was, it was, it was a tough time, but um you know, especially because I was figuring all of this stuff out. I, my mental health had never even been a thought in my mind up until like a little bit freshman year. And then last year it just plummeted. Um, and I think diving is where it really attached itself because um, I just remember one day I was coming in to do some dry board and I couldn't even do like a back. Uh, I was going to try a back double and all of a sudden I couldn't do it. I was like, all right, all right, whatever, no big deal. And I was just going to do a back one and a quarter couldn't do it and then I was freaking out and I was like this this is stupid what's happening so I just got up on the trampoline I couldn't even do a backflip on the trampoline and like for for someone like me that it's ridiculous because like I mean the my freshman year everyone literally knew me as like I would just do backflips on command like anywhere out wear shoe like wearing shoes or anything like they would just say the word backflip and I would just do one because i I love backflips and whatnot. I mean, who, who doesn't, but I don't know. It it just, and that kind of thing, it just, it just kept getting worse and it started coming into the other dives. Um, uh, For example, like I, there was a time I couldn't even get one meter volunteers off of the board for like a decent amount of time. I had to get like bubbles for almost everything. Um, And a lot of that carried over to this year. Um, but I started seeing the psychologist, Dave and I were talking about it all the time. And he was super helpful with that. Um, Corey as well. And so like, I I did my best to handle it as well as I could, but you know, there's a lot of things I also could have done better with it. Like, especially my sophomore year, I was like doing anything I could to feel better. And it was, it was very self-destructive. I've learned a lot about myself because of it, but it sucked. Um, and that's kind of why sophomore year I competed an 03 list on one meter 
and didn't compete three meter because I couldn't get off the board. Every time I would take a step forward in practice, I'd get put in a quarantine or I broke my foot or like this year I'd get concussed. It's every time I had any amount of momentum, I would be reminded like, oh, shouldn't have gotten my hopes up. Um, and that, that just kind of, it was very destructive for me. It kind of sucked, especially because diving is one of those things like I finally started to find some confidence in. And so not being able to do the thing that I'm here to do and that I'm supposed to be good at, it was just kind of like, it was heartbreaking to me. Um, cause I used to love it. And I don't even know how many times, like I was just screaming underwater and wanting to, wanting to leave the pool. And I think, yeah, no, like there's probably a bit of blood on the wall from, uh, like nationals when I was beating the crap out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that day. I'll definitely get to that day. Cause that was, that was a big breakthrough um, that day after one meter. I, I remember um, that Kate, cause I was walking by to congratulate you and you were, um, you were struggling and I'm like, I'm going to let him have this moment for himself and I'll talk to him later, but yeah, continue. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And so, um, a lot of it, like I've been, I've tried almost everything, uh, to try to fix it, you know, as you know, I think this year it got significantly worse to where at a certain point, specifically around winter time, it, which I think seasonal depression would have just piled onto it, which probably had a pretty negative impact. Um, and I just remember like constantly being upset and there was nothing I could do about it. And I hated that for myself because I consider myself a pretty like outgoing and energetic person. And, um, you know, to go into somewhat of a faith-based perspective here, I think that was kind of why it was happening to me is, um, you know, everyone has their own beliefs and I believe like the devil is going to try to get you um, where you make your biggest impact. And so by giving me all that um, anxiety and all of these things, like I couldn't even, I mean, it was, it was bad. Like I, I didn't even want to continue living or any of that stuff. And, um, you know, uh, working, working through that was the hardest thing I've done in my life, bar none. Um, but I knew that like, it'll eventually get better. It's just, felt like banging my head on a brick wall, you know, to actually make it happen. And yeah. Um, which kind of leads to that, um, that three meter day, I guess, because like, obviously this year is similar to next year, barely was able to get any dives off the board. Um, I think for conference, what I did was I just would do tons of lead ups and, um, in practice and in warm up. I almost never did my actual dives until the meet because the meat mentality, some like some switch would flip and I'd be able to get them off. And I think it was me knowing like, no, I, I do not have a choice here. I'm either going to embarrass myself or I'm going to let someone down. If I mess up now with a practice is like, it's inconsequential. I didn't have that mindset. So I would just do a reverse double, a back double and a couple of feet first entries and warm up, call it a day after like 10 minutes and get on the board and somehow it all worked out. And I think that's just a lot of the dry land that we did because Dave worked mm -hmm. with me on it too. Cause it was just anything we could do to keep moving. And so Adam, I thought that that's what we were going to keep doing at nationals. I was like, okay, I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to survive <laughs> three meter, do what I've been doing on one meter. And then out of nowhere, uh, Dave comes up to me. He's like, all right, do some standing 
doubles uh reverse doubles on one meter and i was like all right yeah fair enough he probably wants me to have some of these in my back pocket so that come the meet i can do over you know standing uh 305 um because up to that point i was doing standing 303 because there was nothing else i could conceivably get off that board um and then after doing like three of them he's like all right take it up and i just froze i was like mm-hmm. oh my god i had not done that dive or 205 since black tuesday my freshman year wow Whoa. um yeah the list that i competed on three <clears throat> meter eventually was the list i would have competed uh for um i guess uh my my freshman year yeah and i haven't done most of those dives since then and so i thought like oh gosh this is this is some this is a two-year battle right here i don't know if i'm ready to just put it all out of the put it all on the line in the middle of a meet warm-up in front of everyone on a day where i'm not even competing like i thought uh, I just got that win. He's, he's going to let me relax a little bit. No, he, it was the exact opposite. He's like, kid, you are a national champion. You are not going to do a standing three Oh three on three. I was like, that is fair, but can we just do it in the meet? Like I was doing everything I could to try to get out of it. I, I think I was crying and just like beating the wall and just shaking. Like I bored. I don't know if it was a panic attack, but it, it felt like it. Like the world was crumbling around me. And that was, that was the big uh, common theme that I noticed with a lot of those things is, is that it just, it was just dreadful. Um, and so I was behind there, divers were coming up to me and talking to me and I'm, I'm just dismissing so much of it. I'm like, no, I, I cannot do this. I don't think you get how tough this has been for me. It was, you know, like it, it was a personal hell for the last two years. And now he's just trying to, I, I thought I thought that he just didn't care and that he was in a bad mood and trying to punish me for being a being a little baby for the past two years. <laughs> but I mean, in hindsight, I can see that he he knew I could do it and he knew I should do it. And it, it just felt like he was like massaging out a knot that had been there for two years. And so that's why I think emotionally it was such a painful experience. But it came down to a point he was like, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. We are not leaving until you do it. And the more I kind of thought about that, the more I realized, all right, well, at this point, I may as well just get up there and chuck it. And if I die, I die, blah, blah, blah. Like all those like really like <laughs> dreadful thoughts. And I mean, I can laugh about it now, but in the moment yeah. I was like yeah. genuinely, there was nothing I would have hated more than the situation I was in. So, I mean, I got up there, all the guys are cheering for me and I uh, get up there once back down, uh, might start breathing and freaking out and then dave tells me to just do a reverse one and a half up there and i just chuck it off no problem which actually surprised me because i could barely even do those um for the year prior i think there were two practices where i successfully did a reverse one and a half this year and the rest was just do it in a meet score over 30 hopefully and you know sweep it under the rug but um and then i did reverse doubles and just screamed under the water for like 20 minutes straight. And then I realized like, all right, I'm not getting out of this. If I stop, if I, if I just chuck it, I can be done. And, um, I got up there, balked once, took a step back, let someone else go, got back up there again. And I thought like, gosh, I'm not even going to be able to do it. And then I hear all of the divers behind me, like screaming. And I look down to the sidelines and 
co- like a bunch of coaches even that I've not talked to up to this point also like yelling like it was I was like oh gosh I'm if I don't do it I'm gonna let all of them down and that's not even comparing to like how much this is gonna hurt for me and so I just gunned it somehow and I remember getting off and I was like oh this kind of feels like one meter kick out smack flat on my stomach (laughs) (laughs) um but it it was it was kind of great though because that pain felt like nothing I was like it just, it felt good, honestly, in that moment, because I, I was, st- I was too angry. I was being spiteful and I was just like, I don't even care that I did it. Dave said, do another one. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll go. Um, but I just remember like that pain feeling almost like it, that was like the moment that weight kind of left my shoulders. And I was like, I'm angry. So I don't want to be proud of myself, but I'm, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Cause that, that, that was the first one in two whole years. That's awesome. And well, <clears throat> I had a I had a little segue back. You, you mentioned the faith piece. You know, oftentimes God gives His toughest battles to His strongest warriors. And hearing that whole two year battle of three meter and flip backflips, and now this three hundred five. Like once you hit that water, you said you smacked. I mean, obviously didn't feel good, but at the same time, you you just said it. It felt great right? That was, that was two years in the making of going through your own personal hell. And then, Oh, I'm good. Like we can do this. That was really cool. That was really powerful. Thank you for that story. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I I think my takeaway, so you you don't know this, like some of our listeners know kids. So I actually have a master's in mental health counseling. So to hear you talk about battling some mental health struggles and more importantly, going and getting some help, I think, Thank you a ton for like sharing that because a lot of people don't share that information. So yeah, that, that just makes me happy that you, you see getting that help can help and your coach being there, like having both of your coaches attack that problem from different angles. And then kind of like you said, at the end of the day, you just got on the end of the board and it's kind of just you and everybody else is cheering for you. Everyone else had your back. I know. I was like, all right, these guys all think I can do it. Dave knows I can do it. I know I can do it. I really just don't want to out of spite at this point. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely got to say like going to see other people, like talking to Michaela, Dave, like my roommates, my friends back home, my parents yeah. being like the more transparent I was the, like, I wouldn't say the easier it got, but the more I knew like it was okay and that it was justified, like seeing that everyone's not just telling me like, I just buck up, you're being stupid, because I thought I was. And I, you know, towards the end, when everything really got worse, I thought that everyone else was getting tired of hearing about it. And that made it, I think, a lot worse. I think I remember comparing it in my head, I was just laying awake one night, and I felt numb. And I was like, it, it, it's like if, if you broke your leg and had to be on crutches in school, and you ask your friends to carry your books for you, they're going to want to without a second thought. That's just reasonable. But it felt like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be asking them to do this anymore. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure I could carry my own books. But, you know, I mean, at a certain point, I, I really couldn't. And so it was yeah. really scary kind of knowing, like, is this a real problem? Or is this something that I'm just, like, holding on to because I'm scared of you know, not being good enough later and want this to be a crutch. Yeah. Well, I think it's hearing you express it like that's pretty interesting because to me, it's like you said, is it like, is it a real problem or is it something you're holding on to? And 
honestly, what it sounds like is it sounds like it was a real problem until you kind of had that one moment where everyone was cheering for you. And you're like, okay, like it was a real problem, but now I'm just holding on to it and it's time to let go. Does that sound like an accurate description of like how it went through? Oh yeah. I think that, that, that moment right there was kind of where I realized, you know, yes, it's, it's real, but there's no reason it should stop me from doing some flippy flips off of a piece (laughs) of fiberglass, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. Um, you know, Moving to the next one, you kind of touched on it a little bit is, you know, what is your mindset during your big meets? Relax, music. What do you tend to do? My perception, and it's always a challenge as a coach who's coaching his athletes because, you know, like you did a ton of amazing dives and you want to be like, hey, good dive. But as an opposing coach, I also don't want to mess with you. Like if you're laser focused, like, so how do you approach those big competitions? Um, let's see. I, I think very differently between one and three. And I mean, to be fair, like this, this was the first real three meter meet I've had mm-hmm. since, like I said, freshman year. Other than that, it's been just standing 03 or, you know, that I finally did a 205 for the first time on Black Tuesday, like during the meet. Um, so they're, they're very different. Like I, I thought it was going to be like treat one meter as my real competition and just survival on, on three meter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it turned into was, and I'll, I'll just start with one meter. Um, I think all year I've kind of been focused on like, just like space, like getting my own head, like space, just relax, distract myself and kind of do my own thing. Like, I I think when it comes to meets, I'm able to kind of turn it on pretty, pretty well. And I think that's one of the few things that really has kept me competitive in spite of all of this. Um, and so I usually just, I try to meditate and do whatever I can to keep my head clear. If I need to be picked up, I start listening to some heavy metal and like just beating my chest and like kind of embracing that, you know, testosterone fueled rage to just send me off the board type of, type of thing. Um, but if I need to be like more refined, like I'm doing too much, I just, you know, deep breaths, like four seconds in six seconds out was the, the big one that I have been doing. And yeah, just kind of taking it dive by dive, being willing to crack some jokes and say some stupid things. Like if I'm not thinking about it too much, it's good. Um, but in finals, I decided to kind of put as much pressure on myself as possible. Cause I saw that, you know, if I can, I can either do my dives or I can compete my dives, I guess. And so I, I looked at that score after like round three and I just stared at the scoreboard seeing like Julio and I are one point apart. And my dives are about as big as his at the end of the, at the end of the list. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm putting as much pressure on myself as possible because I have nothing to lose. And, you know, I think that's something that works for me because it it worked last year as well. Cause in spite of my little baby list, I was still able to do a four Oh five for about 70 points, uh, sophomore year as well. Um, and so that, that, I keep it at the end of my, at the end of my list, at the end of the season, because I have not hit a single inward two and a half all year. And then I dropped 71 points on that thing. This is why I have imposter syndrome. Like, how am I supposed to think I deserve it? when I only ever nail it like in the heat of the moment. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the first to attest as a judge on that one meter event, that inward two and a half was like, 
Oh, I don't have any other words than just spicy, man. That was <laughs> you sent it up and you you I think you were one of the only ones to fully kick out. And that's what we were kind of harping on all week was, man, none of these dives are finishing above the water. They're they're all kind of, you know, short arming in and Cade goes up on this last inward two and a half and it was like, "Oh, that's how it's supposed to be done." <laughs> that was awesome. So yes, job well done. Um, what is, what is your favorite part of diving? What's your favorite part of the sport? Um, I don't know. I've been, I've been so stuck in like, uh, like self-hatred and the hatred of diving for so long that it, it, it's easy to forget. Like, I think how fun it is and like all of the, I think the camaraderie, because it's one of those things like we divers, like we all suffer, but we all get to suffer together. I think that's why it's so easy to make such good friends behind the boards. Like, I think we, we have an entire like group chat on Snapchat from all of the guys that were in nationals because we were hanging out the whole time and we're like, yeah, let's, let's just make a little group chat. Why not? That's and, awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Wow. That, that, yeah. That's cool. That's, and that's like, a lot of people don't realize, I think that probably happens at the division one level, but at the division two level, that is way more common then I think at those like higher, higher levels, like here we are sitting here, like, Cade, you would never know this. Like Aaron and I competed against each other. He dove for St. Cloud. I dove for Clarion. And like, oh, nice. here we are eight years later, best friends. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you never know what's going to come of like that group chat. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the craziest things. Um, you know, so I guess that leads us to, before we get to our signature questions, you know, what is next? You have, two more years with the COVID year of eligibility, but what's your major, what do you want to do with your future? Okay. Um, let's see. I only plan on using one year because I've never been big on school. I don't know. It's, I, I get good grades. I'll pass, but I I'll be the first to admit, I think I do the bare minimum while maintaining like a three, seven ish GPA. <laughs> like if I notice the grades start slipping, I'll give it some extra effort, but I do as little as possible to get my grades and get out because that's, I don't know, but, um, I'm a criminal justice major. Nice. And I have a concentration in law enforcement and corrections because I'm not sure which direction I kind of want to go with it. Um, but let's see. Um, I, I interned with Homeland security last summer and that was awesome. That's like, I I wasn't just pushing paper or anything. They were taking (laughs) me out on like the warrants. Uh, I was, yeah. (laughs) I uh, got to go to the range and like shoot like fully automatic government weapons and all of that stuff. It, it was like a dream come true. It was That's wicked. Awesome. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And like working to like combat human trafficking and, you know, other horrible things like that, I think like is extremely meaningful. And I think I'd get a lot of purpose out of it. And on the other side of the token, I can go into like more of a correctional direction mm-hmm. and you know, work on like helping the people that, you know, society has seemingly given up on because at the end of the day, like they're, they're still people and the prison system's got a lot of reworking that needs to be done. I feel like the best way to contribute is to like get involved and try to do the right thing there. I've got a lot to like think and pray about and it's, it's going di- to like be determined by the opportunities that present themselves. And, you know, additionally, like whatever keeps me close to Michaela, because I mean, she's moving from Australia to live here and like, so we can be together. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll be wherever you want to be. Just <laughs> that's the least I can do. 
that's pretty well. And the nice thing about corrections or um, law enforcement is you're going to be able to find some type of job in one of those fields, wherever you want to be in the country. Um, yeah. I think that that sounds awesome. So yeah, you're kind of speaking my language as a re like my undergrad was in rehab science for substance abuse. So like you're speaking my language when it's like helping people and trying to make the world better. Um, but go ahead, Aaron, you're up next. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll get into our signature questions. Uh, I ask everybody who comes on, what is your favorite failure? We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. Um, and so what would that be for you? I mean, it's a pretty broad answer, but I'd say literally these last two years, it has yep. been a constant one step forward and then a lateral, like sprinting long jump backwards. Yeah. Um, but um, because of that, like it has forced me not only to like see mental health for the important thing that it is, but also to um, I think I've taken a lot of steps in my faith because of it. Um, my relationships, I've learned to, you know, be there for the people who also need it. And um, I don't yeah. know, I, I think I've, I've learned more about myself than I like. It, it's justified based on how much I went through. I don't know. It, it, it's weird to talk about because, you know, I, it, I feel like a broken record because I've, I've tried so consistently to talk to people about it. But I think it's something that should be talked about more. Yeah. Like I'm in a bunch of sociology classes and every time I have to give a presentation, they're like, what's your topic? I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's men's mental health. We're, we're going to take the fun one. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just try to do my best to get my friends, like seeing the psychologist or doing whatever it is that helps them. Man, and I think that's, that's awesome. kind of the long-term reasoning behind all of it is to humble me in my diving and to kind of push me to be what I needed for other people if I yeah. can. Very good. Very cool. Um, so usually my next question is guided towards whatever diving arena you're in. Um, for you with the NCAA, my question is what can the NCAA do to improve? Huh? It's pretty like, broad. Um, a lot, Maddie, uh, Maddie Brinkman mentioned the, the Tuesday meet being difficult for the women oh. and so many of them. And, you know, it can be taken any way, really. Um, it's a, I yeah. realize it's really open-ended. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, yeah, Black, Black Tuesday is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> plain, plain and simple, that is the most dreadful meet of the year. Um, especially because, like, it, it really seems like a lot of people kind of abuse the subjectivity of diving to get qualifying scores just to be sent home and – you know, I understand wanting to go there, but I feel like if, if you want to go put in the work, earn it. Um, that's what we saw Casey do when he just got edged out by uh, one place. Yes. And I'm, oh, I'm never not going to be salty about that, but he, <laughs> I think he earned it more than anyone. And I was so proud to at least see him get that experience. It was great. Um, and beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of anything for the NCAA as an organization to improve upon because I'm, a logistical nightmare. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. Um, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe send an apology letter for canceling my nationals mid yeah. <laughs> for jumpstarting was... my villain origin story. Yeah. Yes. I was there. Yes. We, we had a crazy, that was, that was in Ohio, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Geneva. 
Yeah, so I was there and, and we were in our Airbnb with a couple of friends ready to go watch, uh, like you said, finals. And all of a sudden we're getting phone calls like, hey, we're shut down. We cannot go back to the pool. It's all over. And we're like, no, wait, they, wait, they can't like shut it off mid meet, can they? Yep. And yeah, all the phone calls we were getting were like, yeah, dude, go home, like figure it out. You're on your own get a plane and go home. <laughs> we yeah. were just like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think what you touched on is you said it maybe the most eloquent, eloquent way you can in terms of abusing the subjectivity of diving, because Aaron and I talk about that all the time. And he's like, there are very few schools that when they take kids to nationals, you can almost bank on, they're going to make the meet. Like you, Indy is one of them. Like if you, yeah. Indy takes three guys, you know, all three are, most likely making it unless something crazy happens. But for, but there are also schools on the other side of that coin where it's like some schools bring in divers and it's like, Oh, you know, five of the six kids probably aren't making it. And that one person will make it if they have the meat of their life. So yeah, I think, but not a lot of coaches handle it how Dave does. Yeah. I mean, cause we, we always like, e even in dual meets, we always like give the realistic scores if possible yep. unless unless we're met with a team that's just making it super obvious and then yep that's that's where Corey being a fina judge always comes in clutch because yep. he's a genius and so he's fair yep. until he has to start balancing out the um deductions on mm -hmm. stupid stuff that other coaches want to give but and, that's yep. that's a, and know. that's a great way to do it because like you want, you know, I tell our kids at Clarion, I say, Hey, I'm judging you like how prequels is going to get judged. Cause if you're above yeah. a certain score threshold on average, I know if you go to prequels, you're going to make the meet. I don't need to stress versus when we go against some teams and the meets get scored crazy high. It's like, well, like I have two choices. I can keep scoring you low and it's going to equal you losing to maybe a diver that you shouldn't lose to. And I can prove my point or it's like, Hey, like you still shouldn't, you still have to do it fair for the student athletes. Yeah. So it's and tough. That's it's why like being, being in such a subjective sport can yes. be such a pain at times because every single diving record you'll see at pretty much any like pool um, from a dual meet or anything like that mm -hmm. comes from one of those lucky meets where you happen to be on yeah. with insane judging. Like I yep. average around like a three thirty or so. Yep. So tell me how my record is a four fifteen from six dives on one meter. <laughs> what? Like what? Like, yes, I had a great meet and all of that. And I think I'm, I'm really proud of how I did. But at the same time, like, I don't feel like I should have gotten anywhere near a 400. <laughs> like, I think yeah. 360 would have been generous. Okay. But, you, you are speaking my language. Yes. I had one of those meets <laughs> where I was hyper inflated scores. And I still look up at the record board like, yeah, that was not what mm -hmm. I scored that but day. I mean, that, at a certain point, that that's how almost all of them are made yeah. except for i think like you might have the like ncaa like d1 where they always have that good seven judging panel beyond like yep. those records yep. you can almost bank on every dive record coming <laughs> from a day where the judges were like yeah we'll just give them an extra point or two <laughs> we're yep. we're feeling some yep. nines today <laughs> it, literally i got more nines in that meet than i've ever gotten in my life <laughs> like, it was awesome. stupid and we, we talked about it on a Facebook group. A coach brought that up about judging. And there was actually a lot of coaches that say there are some, some programs that only award team records from conference or national meets. And I'm like, oh, that's a good way to handle it. Like at Clarion, it just so happens that all of our team records were set at nationals. So it's like, hey, that's a pretty like legit seven judge panel. Um, but yeah, you're spot on. 
Um, so we'll jump into these next three here for you. So what is your favorite drill to do as an athlete? It can be dry land, water, whatever you prefer. Yeah. Um, I'd say with the year I, or with, you know, the experience I've had lately, I think dry land was my saving grace. And then some like what Dave and I would do, he would, he would pull me in belts on trampoline. He'd pull me in belts on dry board in the water. We did more like of those than I think of any reps of any of my dives. Nice. And I mean, it really paid off. Like, cause as soon as I was finally able to push myself to get the two Oh five off of three, the three Oh five off of three, um, the one Oh seven B, which was another one I hadn't done for like six months beforehand that we were just like, all right, you're not doing a one Oh five B in finals. Come on, chuck it. Um, and I think the only reason I was able to be so aware with those and so confident in the air is because we've done them. We just haven't done them there. Yep. yep. That makes sense. Um, you know, I feel like you're going to have a good answer for this best advice you have either given or received. It can be life advice too. It doesn't have to be athletics. Okay. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure specifically, like I don't have any flashback where I can pan to like some wise monk telling me some great <laughs> info or anything like that. But I'd say I, the most important thing that I've learned through this whole hellish experience is that like being willing to talk to someone like you don't even have to like you don't have to cry in front of them you don't have to treat them like a therapist just if someone asks you how you're doing don't lie and just be willing like find someone you can talk to be honest with them and it'll surprise you because they're either gonna help you through it like sometimes it's tough love like that that's what dave gave to me yep. uh, and got me chucking that 305 because he's like all right this is ridiculous you know you can do it and sometimes it's giving that space where it's like, yeah, this is something that we need to take seriously. It, it's not your fault. It's yeah. I, I think, and anyone who just tells you to buck up or whatever can obviously like, you know, all that gaslighty stuff, then obviously they're not the type of person you need to yep. be talking to that. Yep. I mean, talking about that kind of stuff with anyway. Yep. That's great. So, and then our last question for you is who would you like to hear us interview next? Ooh. Um, well, I think it'd be very interesting to hear from our three meter champion, Isaiah. Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I might be just a little bit biased in saying, I think Michaela star, she's got a lot of good stuff and she, she's a psych major. So she, oh, cool. she, she's got a lot to, to talk about. In fact, she was my support system through all of it. Um, well, I mean, if, if you haven't interviewed Dave yet, that's, that'd be a oh, big yeah. one. That was a good one. Yeah. Dave was one, he was one of the first people when we started this, we said, we got to get Dave on and he jumped on. Actually it was during men's three meter finals of Olympic trials. Cause we kept pausing to watch David Badaya dive. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. like, it's weird how you remember those things. Um, but no, perfect. So I will, we will talk to you about getting contact info for Michaela. Um, so just, just for our listeners, real quick before Aaron sends us off, just want to remind you of the camps and clinics that we have in our link tree. You can check them out if you're looking to do things over the summer. Coaches, if you want us to advertise your camps or clinics, just reach out to us via email or Instagram, what Aaron will talk about next. Yeah, if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod, and our email is thedivingpod at gmail.com. We've had a, a bunch of good emails come in in the last couple of weeks. It's been really fun to see those and respond and figure out how we can get certain people on. Um, like he said, don't forget about our link tree and Instagram. 
Um, there's t-shirts and hoodies for sale in one of those links to Cowling Robards. Again, if you enter the coupon code DivePod at checkout, that gets me paying for your shipping. So I think t-shirts are 15 bucks, hoodies are 30. I could be off on those. It's been a while since I looked myself. So I'll refresh myself on those prices, but uh, yeah, get, get over there. T-shirts, hoodies. I just want to say thanks again, Cade, for joining us. Uh, really, really fun to, Thank you to guys. hear you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> pretty much we're like counselors today. I should be paying <laughs> you a fee for that stuff. <laughs> no. no, it's all good. But uh, yeah, anyways, we will, uh, we'll see you next time.